Hello everybody, welcome back, long time no see. I realize that it has been a very, very long time since I've recorded, and there is no excuse for that. No Johns, I got nothing to say except that's on me, that's my bad, I'm sorry. And I would like to thank all four of my listeners for, uh, you know, sticking with me, for uh, being supportive. And a huge shout out today to Jordan and Rob. You know who you are. I appreciate the support, I really do. Thank you so much. And with that being said, without further ado, let's get into let's get into today's episode. Uh, let's start with today's episode. It is a little bit off topic, not off topic, a little bit different from what I typically record. Uh, I feel like the recordings in the past have been a little, you know, not childish topics, but not so serious. Uh, today, this is something that I am a little bit more passionate about, if that's the right word, passionate, focused, always thinking about, uh, whatever you want to call it, and that is basically. Uh, the internet. What I mean by that, as you read in the title, is is the internet making you a worse person? And I don't just mean like, you know, wasting time on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, just, you know, wasting away looking at things that aren't going to make your life that much better. I don't mean just time wasting. I want to get a little further into, you know, why the internet is such a big part of our lives, which it should be because it's inevitable, right? You can't, you can't really avoid it unless you want to be someone that goes off the grid. And if that's the case, more power to you. Um, I enjoy electricity in my house, so I'm not going to live that lifestyle. But what I really want to mean, what I really want to say, excuse me, by that is uh, there's a lot of information on the internet. Obviously, there's too much. There are lifetimes and lifetimes and generations of lifetimes of information and data and things to know that we can get from the internet. And it's all at our fingertips. And it's even more deep than like, the argument of you can learn anything, but we choose, you know, to look up any videos all the time. It, it goes deeper than that, I promise. What I really want to say is that there's so much information that we have to be careful how we digest it. And I'm not trying to be preachy. This is just something that's kind of on my mind, especially kind of I've always thought about it, but I think especially lately. And that's why I want to talk about it, that there's just so much information. There's just oceans and oceans and of information. There's things that, you know, we don't even know that we don't know just out there on, on the internet online. And, and when I was, when I was a kid, the internet was kind of this lawless wasteland. Um, you know, it was just, people could post whatever they want all the time, no rules, free game, open everybody. And it was kind of, I'm not saying it's better. Maybe it is in a sense that like, you know, it's not as regulated and that will make a little bit more sense in a minute, I, I, I think, I suppose. Uh, but you could just post whatever, you know, it was free speech and people just accepted it. And all of what everything and everyone had to say was there to you. You could see it because it was a lot, but it wasn't that much. And you could get into quite a different things and see all the sides of all the points of views of everybody around the country, around the United States and around the world. Today is very much different. The Internet is very regulated. Uh, it's very monetized. It's very, very different when it was growing up. It is no longer the lawless anarchist climate. Not really anarchist, but you know, you, you get the idea. When I was a kid, you know, it was kind of like the internet was just this kid in a candy store, so to speak. And now the internet has all these rules and guidelines and a very select few of people, group of companies and people that run it. And I, I, tru I truly mean that. And, you know, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. I'm not trying to be all preachy. There's a very small amount of people that controls a very 
very large amount of the internet, of the online world. And the the previous era and the era we currently, currently are in now that we have to accept have their pros and cons. But what I wanted to talk about first is that, like I said before, you have access to all this information when I was a kid, and you can kind of get a taste of everything. Now it is very, very different. Now, and I specifically want to talk about news, you know, and not to get political. I don't really want to skew anyone's thinking of if they should be left-leaning or right-leaning. That's not what I want to talk about. You need to think for yourself. What I want to talk about is that nowadays, you kind of cannot help but get sucked into the side of the internet that aligns with what you feel like, that aligns with what you believe. Here's an example. Back in the day, you know, you just look in the news, and the news reported everything. Nowadays, you can subscribe to what kind of news you want. And in fact, all, almost all media, almost all electronic media, is designed that you tell them what you want, put that into algorithm, the algorithm spits that back out to you, and it tells you what kind of content you're going to listen to. And of course, I know, you know, you can customize things and it's not in, it's not this nightmare where it's taking away our free thinking. But I just think we should be wary of how we digest information nowadays. How like you can find all these people, all these websites, all these news online that are only your type of thinking. And that affects your beliefs, that affects the news you see, that affects how you see the world. And I think that's very dangerous in the sense that we are limiting ourselves to what really is out there, to all, all the information, all the people that we are forced to live in this world with. And I think just to, you know, side yourself with a particular belief is a little dangerous. And I'll, uh, I'll give you a little bit of backstory of why I, why I feel so strongly about this. I was raised by really cool parents. My mom is awesome. My dad is my hero. And I do feel like my dad really taught me, really raised me in a way where it was important that I thought and did things for myself. And my dad obviously took care of me. My dad's a great dad. But what I want to get at is that he taught me to think for myself, not to just think what dad thinks all the time. He taught me to think for myself. And that really stuck with me. And I hope, hopefully it sticks with me for until I die, that I don't take everything and everyone's word at necessarily face value, not to call everyone out as a liar, but I take news and I try to, I try to take it without the spin it's been given to me. And I try to look behind it to see how truthful that news is. And today people don't do that. And not to say that I'm a good person or anything, but people just kind of, you know, scrolling through headlines. And to be honest, I'm guilty with this sometimes as well. Scrolling through headlines, you know, looking at stuff and just reading a little, you know, blip in the news. And it could be a really important topic, you know, like the, like the vaccine, civil rights, Black Lives Matter, foreign affairs, anything really. And sometimes I just, I just get doubtful when I'm reading. And I want to make this a little more structured. So I will give you, I will give you another example. So, and I guarantee we've all been there. Uh, we get our first social media account. Not like that it's a big, you know, like, you know, like your first car or your, your anniversary or whatever, but like your first social media account, via Twitter, Facebook, whatever. First thing that happens is here are some suggestions to follow. And you're going to pick the news sources and the things you want to see. And then it's only going to keep giving you that. For example, I, uh, I used to have to, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Twitter anymore. Uh, some of their policies and lack thereof really got to me. But I remember being on Twitter and I would follow certain pages and then it would only bring me suggestions for pages of like-minded things and people. And I realized that I was only getting half the story. 
And I realize that, you know, it's kind of warping what I feel. Another example, you have the typical news anchors that you watch. For example, it could be Anderson Cooper. It could be Tucker Carlson. It could be Trevor Noah. It could be anyone. And so you follow them, right? You follow them on, on TV, on your phone, whatever. And then only the algorithm only spit you out other like-minded news sources. And so it only keeps feeding you those things. And these are very generic examples. But the point is that technology and the way media is set up in our lives at this moment in time, we're kind of doomed for failure because they know, you know, big tech companies know that we're only going to watch what we care about. They realize that this sort of catered, customizable way of providing, you know, media and news and information and entertainment to you is the better way to go because they'll get your data. And that's not to be political either. That's just how it is. Google and Facebook have data on me. And to be honest, that doesn't bother me a whole lot. It's just kind of how it is. But that's just me personally. So others, it does bother. And I understand why that does bother others as well. But there's no, there's no incentive for these companies to give us all the full spectrum of all the content out there. They realize that they need to make sure that they tailor our viewing experience to us or else we're going to lose interest. And in doing so, we just kind of are set up for failure. We just trap ourselves in this little one side of the internet, one side of all the media, one side of all the news. And it's hard to not be like that unless you take the effort to diversify and to broaden your horizons then you just keep getting fed the same thing over and over again you're not learning anything you're just getting fed things that you agree with and that gets you nowhere that doesn't stimulate your mind that doesn't teach you anything you don't grow you don't get better you essentially get worse because you're closing yourself off and you're not willing to let anything else in you're more likely to disagree without listening to another side you just stick to what you feel like is right and you don't even care what the other side has to say. You don't even care what you're saying. You just care that you feel that way. And I think that's really sad. And so that's one way I feel like the internet is making us worse. That we, our, new, our internet experience is too tailored to us. And it shuts us off from the rest of it. And in the end, that's only making us less intelligent. It really is. And so that is the first piece. We'll be right back. And we'll get into the second bit of why the internet is making you worse. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for making it this far along with me in, th in this uh, in this episode. I won't say today's episode because that would imply I have to record tomorrow, and I would like to. But, however, leading into this next segment of why the internet is making you a worse person, uh, the first segment we talked about how the internet really is closing you off to a certain way of thinking, to certain bits of information that really make you dumber. You don't expand your horizons. You don't learn everything that's out there. A symptom of that, really, I guess is what you could call it, is how you behave on the internet. Something I see all the time, you know, it's a lot easier to get into engagements and arguments with people online that really, first of all, don't matter too much. You're getting mad at a random stranger, and you have to realize that a random stranger is getting mad at you as well on the other side of that. These arguments don't go anywhere, because I guarantee we've all seen some sort of Post, tweet, video, whatever, that is the tiniest bit, excuse me, carries the tiniest bit of controversy, and people just go at it in the comments. And people don't, one thing that really bothers me when people don't put their actual profile picture, you're not 12, please grow up, but you get in fights with strangers, you get so riled up about this person's opinion, you're never going to see that person. You're never going to see them. 
And I don't care about the random possibility that you might. You're not. You're not going to see them. This argument is dragging both of you down. Whatever you disagreed on, it doesn't matter. You're not making them change. You're not proving a point. You're just wasting your time. And I think that's one of the symptoms that today's internet is so catered to, like, so tailored to one's personal view. In general, I believe the internet makes us more divided. It makes us more contradicting towards one another. People are less willing to hear the other point of view. People are less willing to really engage in discussion. In edif- and I, not that every discussion you have to come away like edified and, you know, your mind's blown. But the internet today is such a place where you don't, you don't debate. You just argue. You just bicker. And you just look whiny. And that gets us nowhere. People, people hold to their, stick to their guns. They hold their ground. They'll die on that hill, whatever that hill is. And they're not going to change. And honestly, it doesn't point who, excuse me, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong. Whether it be, you know, gun control, no gun control, Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, universal health care, not, you know, private health care, socialism, capitalism, Democrat, Republican, whatever. We're not, with all this information, you'd think we would be able to see the other point of view and come to the greatest, you know, come to the greater good and, and form the better solution from the most educated opinions about topics that matter. But no, we just stick to one side and we don't care what the other person thinks. We just care that the other person is wrong and we care that I'm right and we care that they live in some fantasy world and we care that I live in the world of facts and logic and obvious truth and that they're dumb, I am smart, and I want them to know that they're dumb and I want them to know that I am smart. This is the internet we live in today and it's really sad. And so I do applaud people that are civil. I do applaud people that can hold a conversation. I do applaud people that can have different opinions, political opinions, or opinions of anything, really, that can be friends. Um, And I cherish those friendships because I think I rely on them. I rely on friendships like that to remind me that there's a lot of people in this world. And if all of these people were the same, if all of God's children were the same, you know, I think it'd be really boring. And this diversity, although it does lead to conflict it does lead to butting heads it leads to division what it really can lead is to more unity and not to be sappy or preachy or or, you know hokey or whatever it really is the obvious thing we have so many different points of view and we choose to ignore those points of view and put those points of view down and that is extremely dangerous and i think that's it could really really do a lot of damage i remember uh, or excuse me, I'll tell you a story. In 2014, I left the United States to live in Guatemala for two years. And if, for those of you that don't know about a point in a young man's life in the church that I belong to, I belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And men in the church from the age of 18 to 20 are uh, strongly, strongly encouraged, and but not forced. I wasn't forced to go. I wanted to go. To be honest, when I went, I didn't know why I wanted to go, but now that it's over, I'm very much grateful that I went. But the point is, you're 18 years old. The church says, hey, you need to go out and serve a mission. And when you're on the mission, uh, disregarding all the religious, you know, things that come with that. When you're on a mission, you're not supposed to look at the news. You're not supposed to even watch TV. You kind of are just on the mission. You are there to teach others about God, to put it very, very briefly. And that's it. You block out all the distractions that you can. And so 2014, I come back in August of 2016, and I remember 
hearing about who was running for president in the 2016 election. I remember I was sitting next to the guy on the plane, super nice guy. And he asked me, you know, like, where are you from? What are you doing? And I was like, oh, so you haven't heard about, you know, the election really is what came up eventually. And I'm like, no, uh, I haven't. He said, you know who's running? And I said, no. And he said, so Hillary Clinton is running for the Democrats and Donald Trump is running for the Republicans. And I was like, I don't believe this guy, man. This is weird. This, I did not expect to come home to, to that. And whether you are, you were supportive of President Trump or not supportive of President Trump, you cannot argue that 2016 going forward, at least for me, and it was so much more stark because my, I feel like my life began in 2016. I left for two years and I didn't really, you know, to be honest, I don't remember much before that time. Uh, but 2016 onward feels just so much more divisive um, than it did when I was a kid. It was, it, so it's still mind-boggling to me to this day how juxtaposed and volatile and violent opposing sides were. And I think in in so much of a large part, that's because news, you know, news companies, media, corporations, they they pump out content that is so tailored to one specific side of the spectrum. And it's really it's really done a number uh, on this country. Some would say that nowadays it is controversial to be patriotic. I I recognize that this country that I love is full of so many flaws and so many imperfections today in its history, so many imperfect people, but I truly do want the best for this country and the best for its innocence. And like, you know, but being so divisive, being so, you know, at odds with each other is just making everything worse. Things cannot get better this way. We need that healthy middle ground. And I think because how the internet is monitored nowadays, how the internet is this tailored experience to you nowadays, it feels almost impossible for people to get that middle ground because they're only going to the content that barely scratches the surface of their brain that just makes them, gives them enough stimuli to be like, oh, I'm reading something, I'm educated, you know? And then they don't bother to really dig into things, they don't bother to form opinions. They just kinda, it feels like a lot of people just regurgitate something that they heard online because this person they like said it. You know, we're not, not forming opinions, we're just, we're just watching people talk and then mirroring that. And to me, that's really sad. And so I really think that in that sense as well, the internet, because of how, how it is nowadays, it's so divisive. And it's not, I don't see any signs of, you know, the way the internet is run, that it, that that'll change. The internet nowadays has become this tailored experience to this point to where you don't care what the other side says. You think they're wrong. You think they're foolish. You think you're so smart and you think you're so wise. Um, and uh, I, I, even nowadays, like uh, people, I suppose to segue into the next segment, um, people just come across as a know-it-all sometimes. And uh, I'll touch on that when we come back. Welcome back, everybody. And once again, thank you so much for sticking around this long into the episode. And like I said, as we were closing off the last little bit, because of this one-sided information, because of this people become know-it-alls and i think what makes it even worse is that the way the internet the way our minds work is that we don't and, and of course we're all guilty of this i'm not saying i'm good at this but we see a small little bit of information and we go oh i agree with that and then we see something you know 
for better or for worse, we see that it was cited by some professor at some prestigious university. And then I read that, and then I remember that, and then I claim myself as an expert. And then I use this small bit of information to either retort or instigate arguments and debates on the internet. And it really becomes this know-it-all battle in so many different topics. I love when anything new comes out, when any new debate, any new topic, any new, you know, point of discussion, uh, whether it be like policy, you know, government, uh, whether it be news or like even, you know, subjective things like new movies, new pieces, you know, music, things like that. Everyone becomes an expert. Everyone thinks they know everything about that subject and they will go out of their way in a comment section to prove that they're the expert and that you are not an expert. And I think that's due to the internet of how the internet feeds this information of we just get one small little headline. We get one small little window of a bit of data, of a bit of information. And we, we take that and we automatically assume that that is how reality is. And we need to be very careful about how information, not only what that information is, especially more so how it is presented to us, what kind of spin it is put on. And we need to take news, you know, for what it is. We need to ignore all the fluff that's around it, whether it be left-leaning fluff or right-leaning fluff. We need to take that news for what it is. And the way the internet just gives us things is that it's, we don't read long articles. We read very short headlines. We, we watch very short videos most of the time. Some people do go out of the way to educate themselves, and I applaud those people. And uh, there's something I, I think I do and I would like to do more uh, in my own life. But we just see this small little glimpse of like a video. And another thing I like about the internet is there's like a few, there's a few like, you know, lobs, there's a few layups that get thrown around there that you're like, oh, that's obviously wrong, right? Like uh, anyone that defends, you know, the, the George Floyd, you know, come on, man. Like I remember when that was first came out, I saw some pretty, some pretty weird hot takes, you know, defending the cop that murdered that man. And George Floyd is dead. Chauvin was convicted, you know, to 40 years in prison, if I'm not mistaken. Someone please correct me on that in the comics if I'm wrong, but he, uh, he's going to be in prison for a long time. But when that first happened, man, I feel like I saw some, some really, some really odd takes on the situation. And I don't know. It just people, people don't go to what happened. People go to a news source that will tell them what happened. And of course we need to go into news. That's just how, that's just how media is set up. But people don't look at, you know, a video. They go to Fox News or they go to CNN or they go to, you know, the Huffington Post or they go to The Blaze. And they want them to tell that information how they think it should be interpreted. Rather than taking just the information on its own and making their own assumptions. And that, that murder of a cop is in prison. And seeing people defend that is really weird to me. And not everybody. I think America as a whole hopefully can agree that that police officer murdered George Floyd. And he deserves no mercy. He deserves to die in prison. And I don't think that's the hottest of takes. But, like, that's just one example. Um, I see some things that are, you know, I see far left-leaning, like, feminist posts. And this is not to jab at feminism. I, I wish, fem I wish women could agree on feminism. That is all I'm going to say about that. But I feel like you see some far left, you know, like some far left left leaning feminists or some radical right wing, you know, 
backwoods country guy and they just post these easy ones that like you're an idiot you know but like the real gray areas the real ones that don't have a yes or no answer people think they're experts on them people don't do their homework on them and we need to we need to change how we how we interpret how we take in news because it's affecting how we see the world it's affecting how we see issues I mean, it kind of goes back to the first point of how, um, you know, you see, you see, you see quick headlines. You don't read articles. That's what I'm trying to say. You see quick little headlines. And then that little headline becomes how you interpret a situation. And then that also just, you know, it puts you in one, one small little sever of the internet, blocking you off from all the other points of view. And it's affecting our perception. And going into the last point I want to make, the internet is hugely affecting our perception, of course, in news and how we perceive current events, but also of how we perceive others. And I know this is an obvious one, but, you know, you can go on Instagram, you can go on anywhere and see people with these perfect pictures, with these perfect faces, with these perfect families, with their perfect jobs, with their perfect life. And life is not like that at all. And I think people look at that. Maybe older people, I know for sure younger people, I do this all the time. I see my friends' posts. I see what they're doing. And I feel bad inside. I do. I feel like I can't compete with that. I feel like I'm not good enough because I don't have that same car. I don't have that same job. I don't have, I'm, I'm not good looking. I'm not smart enough, whatever. And I think that's really perceiving of the value of, of a person more than just like, you know, self-esteem and how life really is. I think it's affecting people's self-worth and how they perceive themselves and how they perceive what really is worthwhile in this life and how life should be lived people get this idea that it's it's more than comparing yourself which is a huge issue it's more teaching this false idea that life should be perfect because it is easy and that's not true life was not meant to be easy i do i do hate when people go through a hard time and i don't wish a hard time on on anyone when you're down when you lose your job when you lose someone you care about that's that's hard but unfortunately, that is life. And the internet doesn't show us what hard life is like. And that even goes beyond, you know, seeing these horrible secret circumstances of, you know, uh, these these refugees, these four-year-old kids that are forced to wander, you know, from refugee camp from re to refugee camp, not being wandered to their own country, being kicked out of the country they could take asylum in. It goes beyond comparing yourself to them. It, uh, which, of course... All those, all the people in the situation is a horrible travesty. But if you think about it, the internet doesn't really focus on things like that. The internet focuses on what's glitzy and glamorous and what's easy to put down. And real trials are not those things. Real life is not that. And I truly do think that the internet is really dis deceiving, you know, not deceiving us. It's really morphing our perception of what a life should be. It's affecting where we find our self-worth. It's affecting what we think is worthwhile. And it's it's a little sad. I do catch myself really down to the dump sometimes because I'm not living the life I think that is perfect. But on that note, actually, no, not on that note. I don't want to end on a sad note because the world is rough for so many, so many reasons. And if it, a number of wrong things have happened, it's not like all hope is lost. You know, um, this is just how life is. And... In spite of that, life can still be good. People can come out of the old habits. People can learn to learn. 
People don't have to be, you know, stuck in the one side of the internet. People don't have to be stuck in one side of thinking. People can change. And that's just the reality that things can be good, things can be bad. And the internet, at the end of the day, whose fault is it that we, uh, <laughs> the, the internet is the way it is? Is it our fault? Is it huge tech companies' fault? My take is obviously it's a little bit of both. But that doesn't mean that, you know, we don't have to not trust everything. That doesn't mean that we don't have to hate the world that we see. We should love the world that we see. And we should we should find things and learn to find things that we trust. And we should learn to trust ourselves and how we interpret information. And we should trust ourselves to form our own opinions on things. And that is just a little spiel, if you want to call it, that I have for you guys today. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. That uh, really does mean a lot. One last thing I did want to ask a favor of you guys, apart from still finding a name for this podcast, I think I have a name, uh, and it is a reference to two people that are very near and dear to me, so unless you have a better idea of the name you're going to see uh, today, then please let me know in the comments or DM me whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm not that famous, so I can read everything, every interaction that a fan has. The other thing that I, the other favor that I do have of you guys is that I would like an intro basically. Um, and I guess I could write my own one. I could, you know, come up with a beat, a song, whatever, some transition, just something, you know, that is just not my bland, you know, deep monotone voice that I'm still working on something, you know, some, an intro, you know, the transition you do transition out of something to make, make it less, you know, less deadpan, more exciting. Uh, so if anyone would volunteer, uh, to make an intro, you know, a little bit of music, a little bit of something to, to introduce the show in, in intro and outro. Uh, let me know if you have any ideas, if you would like to offer your services, so to speak. And I'm more than happy to, to, uh, to oblige that. So once again, thank you so much, guys. And I'll talk to you soon.